When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one, cut. Lovely. There we go. That last one sounded very in time to me. Yeah, that that was like Transformers level synchronicity. Like when they all turn turn into vans and beat up a pensioner or whatever it is they do. What what do you think the Transformers are, Nate? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's Tory Transformers. They all turn into immigration vans and persecute people. Like a, a van unfolds and it's like a giant Theresa May. <laughs> Did you see the portrait of her that was unveiled, by the way? Someone tweeted that it gave them massive dishonoured vibes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. <laughs> it's probably the most attractive Theresa May's ever been with that comparison. <laughs> Welcome, listener, to this, the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, Rock, Paper, Chalkins, PC Gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell, and I am joined this week by James Archer. Hello, James. Hello. And Goblin Justice. There's a story behind that name. Yeah, my my dad's actually Elon Musk. He was going through a D&D phase. Very embarrassing. Oh, dear. Oh, of course. Uh, we'll get on to that later because, Nate, you have been playing Baldur's Gate 3 after last week. Uh, we discussed wh- which of the two big RPGs that are currently out you should pick up. And I see you've gone with my recommendation, Suck It James Owned. Um, oh, my God. I didn't mean to pit my <laughs> I'll, parents against one another. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll actually, we, we can, can discuss uh, why Nate may have made a huge mistake later. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, so okay, I, I have okay. made I have made a discovery in Starfield. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Have you found a zoo? <laughs> oh no! The, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna seriously test my moral compass if he has. <laughs> oh dear! Imagine if your parents did as well. Like while raising you, sometimes turn to each other and say "owned." <laughs> <laughs> You're just describing my daughter's life. <laughs> it probably happens three times a day. <laughs> Destroyed in this, seconds is 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 our catchphrase. After, uh, this is all. <laughs> do you remember that? Like those terrible, like Channel Four compilation shows. Um, there was one called like "Destroyed in Seconds," and it was just clips of machines collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only thing we could find to watch at a B&B once. So now, yeah, whenever one of us scores some petty victory over the other, destroyed in seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely monstered our recommended settings on the, you know, like Netflix and the, you know, Skybox or whatever, the thing, the doofer under the TV. Because I watch absolute shit all the time when, because I don't want to think <laughs> for vast swathes of my life. I just want to offline. And uh, so now the only recommended shows that like the telly will give you, it, that like it just auto records about 600 hours of nothing to declare. <laughs> <laughs> That's like 80% of the recordings is nothing to declare and the rookie. <laughs> What with this and your love of Power Wash Simulator? There's like a really powerful oblivion drive in you that's quite zen. (laughs) (laughs) But 
<laughs> I am a, a bundle of contradictions because I will complain mightily about games that I feel are not engaging enough. And this week we're going to talk about Starfield again. <laughs> <laughs> So we did, as alluded to, we talked about Starfield last week as well, but um, nothing fuck all happened this week when I was looking through the news and stuff. <laughs> so so um, we're going to talk about some follow-up stuff uh, about Starfield and also we've been playing it a bit more. Um, can I do some follow-up thing... Baldur's Gate stuff as well? <laughs> oh yeah, well, well we can, the what we're playing section can be the Baldur's Gate section. Excellent, <laughs> yeah. So first of all, obviously Starfield has become Bethesda's biggest launch in the history of ever i believe uh you know i'm not entirely sure um what i never know when they say it's our biggest launch today i'm always like what does that mean though i presume it's just money made and um, is it like i don't want to say like adjusted for inflation but i'm just like imagining like there are more people playing pc games today i would imagine than yeah. were in 2011 when skyrim came out so, yeah, like, adjusted for human inflation, I wonder what is the biggest. I don't know if they're doing it by money or peoples, actually, because they, they basically, Bethesda announced that Starfield had become the biggest Bethesda game launch of all time, revealing that more than 6 million players had bought the game since its full release on the 6th, so about a week ago. What if they just got that immense Chinese basketball player to press the upload to Steam button? That would be the, the largest person oh, the on Earth launch. pressing the launch. <laughs> like, they, they could get around it with that. He's actually an employee of the company. His only job is to come to the office and press the launch button. That's like the uh, the wrestling promotion I like, AEW, have an enormous man who's a former wrestler, and his only job basically is before the main event, um, get the two competitors to shout at each other backstage. And then he says, well... Every week, he says, well, it seems like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. The and that's, that sentence is basically his entire job. Let's have a and titan who bullies men into shouting and then stops them. Yeah. And he just stands there while they're shouting as well. That's huge alabaster titan energy. Yeah, it's great. Um, so anyway... Very successful game, Starfield. And it's also beaten uh, Bethesda's like Steam concurrent players record as well. It beat Skyrim's peak of 287,411 players concurrently, Ooh. which was set in 2011. Uh, and on Sunday, 330,723 people were playing Starfield at the same time. On Steam DB, so that's a lot of people. That is a bigger in number. Space, it's a big. The numbers have indeed <laughs> gone up. Um, uh, but what of the game itself? Because one of <laughs> one of the things I enjoyed watching over the last week was uh, you, James, and Liam uh, investigating whether Starfield can run on a hard drive. <laughs> um, can, oh yes, <laughs> what? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, so um, it can't, um, essentially. Uh, I... Thank you very much, James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I will say I'm not technically wise enough to un like, fully understand why this happens. Like To me, it's a bit baffling. Uh, but every, like, reality just breaks down when Starfield is running off a hard drive compared to an SSD. Like, the, the sound skips and cuts out like facial animations stop working there was like massive hangs or lag or freezing or whatever you want to call it it's just like it's, it's completely broken and i don't really i don't yeah like i say like i don't understand why because con conventional wisdom tells us that when a game is running off a hard drive versus an ssd it just like it loads a bit slower mm. and that's kind of and that's kind of it i don't really I guess you. I guess you have games like um, uh, a recent example would be like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, where they have like specific mechanics that involve very quick loading of different chunks of level, and that's a mm. bit harder to do on a hard drive. But there's, I I don't understand why. Um, yeah, just 
like the the sound fails to load on a hard drive in Starfield. Um, why why it keeps freezing so much? But it does. Is this wide, widely reported as well? Because surely a lot of people will have bought it and be playing on hard drives without realizing. Well, it, it so it's happened to like everyone on the team who's tried it on a hard drive. Like, it's happened to it's happened to me. It's happened to Liam. It's happened to Graham. Hmm. Um, I suspect that. I suspect that maybe not that many people are doing it because the the system requirements actually say it requires an SSD, which isn't which oh, is okay. like an, which is like an important detail. Like, it, like and does you, it kind you, of you underline? Are, you are warned. It doesn't. Ugh, it doesn't like scream it in your face. Like so, some some games I've played which recommend SSDs will ha- might have a pop up on launch. If you're if you're running it on a hard drive, it will say like, "You should probably install this on an SSD because it's like it's designed to designed to run better on an SSD." Uh, Starfield doesn't do that. Um, there's no uh, unless you like check the system requirements. There, there's like no there's no warning until you actually get into the mm. the soundless the hellscape. <laughs> That's really annoying. That's like going to like you know refill your car at a petrol station and noticing only like to your horror a minute into pumping there's a tiny coca-cola logo on the pump and you've been filling your car with delicious soft drink (laughs) (laughs) i didn't um was it todd or pete hines or someone said we have optimized the game for like most PCs. I think and I think so that was Todd, you, yeah. You just, Todd actually. Yeah, yeah. Hi, so hi, you Alice. need it like <laughs> It's Todd here. That that was me actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Todd, thanks. That, but he and he basically like slammed his dick on the table and was like, so get a better PC. Yes. <laughs> yes, <he did. laughs> Which I quite respected. And but I also really liked that uh James uh asked Liam to get get some numbers while running it on his age his HDD, and Liam just sent him a picture of a piece of paper that had its shit written on it. That was, <laughs> that was me. That, that was my joke. Oh, Uh-oh. you wrote the piece of paper. I'm I wrote so the piece sorry. Of paper. This is. I committed bans to theft by proxy. I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I do apologize. James is extremely funny, like the record show. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, but great. people have been uh, the people who can make it work I suppose have been playing the bejesus out of it and uh, they have been having a lot of fun with the the modular shipbuilder so one of the things that we didn't super go into last week is that you can build your own ship from scratch using parts oh yeah this is my, my favourite thing in the game yeah yes uh, and so people have made enormous uh contraptions uh there is a thomas the tank engine ship yes <laughs> which uh i've i find extremely threatening uh just to look at it's made of loads and loads of different colored big kind of i guess body like the, the parts of a ship and then it's got a weird little like bridge on it it's very my Very heart really perfect. hopes that it's the same person who made the Thomas the Tank Engine Dragon mod for Skyrim because it feels like a spiritual succession. I don't. I don't think it is. Oh. Alas, someone's made a ship that doesn't have a central mass because the automatic target, the AI targeting, targets the central mass of your ship. So this is just like a big uh, hamster run ship. It's like it's what? like. It's like the frame of a cube-shaped ship that's been made with connects yeah. or something. Yeah. So when so it's just okay, but that sh- is wild. It's, <laughs> it's good metagaming because when yeah, because when when sh- when enemy ships shoot at the center of your ship, it just passes straight through. But that's like that's legit fucking brilliant science fiction by accident. I mean, it doesn't look very aerodynamic. <laughs> But that, that's just like a really good idea. Like, if you were facing, like, you know, massive alien civilization that was very slow to adapt but really outgunned you, and you noticed they were shooting for the middle of your ships, and you started building giant space rotor stacks, 
Like, that's really tactically interesting, and that's essentially what's happened here. Yeah, it looks like, do you know what it looks like? You know, in shipyards where you have the big spider cranes that yeah. up the, it looks like one of them. Oh, I love those like boys. It, it's quite unsettling. Someone's made uh, the Black Pearl, so it's a spaceship that looks like a tall ship. That's so cool. Stuck it it is, it's pretty good. I think that one might be my favourite. Then uh, obviously Thomas the Tank, but this one, Nate. Uh, can I just? I'll just say the words "giant space crab." Ah, um, yes. Which is it's just a big red crab. I really like it. I think this one is aesthetically very pleasing. Can you send me a screenshot of that so I can admire it while we discuss other things? Because I need to see it. Uh, I I can. It's getting slightly off topic, but Thank you. have either of you guys seen the Thomas the Tank Engine mod for Armored Core 6? No. So it, 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 I, I don't want to, it's not technically true that it turns your mech into Thomas the Tank Engine. It's more, it's more like it makes, it makes it so it looks like your mech is riding atop Thomas, a giant Thomas the Tank Engine. Whoa. <laughs> So it's Thomas the Tank Engine, but then your but then your mech is kind of like stood upright at the at the back. I, I don't know if Thomas the Tank Engine has a steering wheel, but if he did, like you would be in that driving position. That's that's like the modern Centaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I just seen the the space crab. Yeah, that's sick. That's good. That's great, right? Yeah. Uh, there's the space train, there's the magic school bus from Magic School Bus, Planet Express from Futurama, which is very good. Uh, someone's made a Borg cube, which is kind of terrifying. Star Wars stuff, Halo stuff. It's all kicking off in the uh, in the custom ship build, I think. You know what I want to make, to be honest? Um, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to, to put on my little Warhammer fedora for a second. Um there's a thing called Is it a, a fedora, your yeah. Warhammer hat. It would have to be, it wouldn't was, it? I would have thought it would be a, a sort of crown made of bone. Oh yeah, actually. Or like um No, you said fedora now though, you can't have a cooler hat. Oh, I want a massive metal bin, but okay, it's a fedora. Um and I'm gonna tell you a little bit of lore. In the setting there is something called a drop cathedral. Um, which is like when the Imperial Guard invades a planet with like, you know, 40 million infantry, uh, yeah. in order to deal with their religious needs, they will literally drop a city-sized cathedral on the planet <laughs> with massive rocket engines f- full of like battle nuns to administer to the spiritual needs of a planetary invasion. Uh, and and they'll just leave it there afterwards. And I really, w- it would be really fun to see one of those in Starfield, looking at that board cube, which is just a giant block with about 50 rockets on the bottom. All you would need to do is stick some gargoyles on that and you're good. There you go. Someone make that for Nate and let us know. Podcast at rockpapershotgun.com if you have made a drop cathedral. Have you seen where I live, Nate? Cause that is- do you live in a drop cathedral? Look- <laughs> <laughs> the- no, well, the town where I live looks like that has happened. It's same with Warsaw, actually. It's just, Warsaw is a single hill with a massive church on the top of it. Yeah, I'll send, I'll send you a picture of, of the town where I live, because it's just like a normal, small, single main street, like, fishing town with a fuck-off cathedral. Just kind of... <laughs> Well, you got loads of towns like that in East Anglia as well, where like you had some local wool baron with infinite money (laughs) and infinite guilt, and someone would convince him that like funding a ludicrously large cathedral will get him out of hell free. So you end up with things like Ely. Oh, so just like they're like giant vanity projects. Yeah, it's like the opposite of vanity projects, I guess. But yeah, go to Ely, lovely cathedral. That's my recommendation for the week. Like a folly, but religious. Yeah. Um, uh, the official mod support for Starfield is planned to come in 2024. So that is your official, you know, like your creation kit two kind of stuff. Um, although, as we discussed last week, uh, unofficial mods like the DLSS thing is are happening. Uh, one of my favorites, which we wrote about on, <laughs> on RPS, is the potato mode. 
<laughs> which uh, removes all the uh, the high quality textures and makes it look like a kind of space Morrowind, <laughs> and makes all the NPCs look like lumps. <laughs> oh, I really, good. I really miss everything looking like mud. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, so that's really good. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, James, have you played any more Starfield as a game? I have. I have played it for funsies. Indeed. And so what have you found that you think will make Nate regret choosing Baldur's Gate 3? So confirming my suspicions from last week, Nate, you can set up a giant crab farm. Motherfucker. You you do have to... Explain. So you... The catch is that you have to invest quite heavily into the science skill tree. You need to do like separate, um, like outpost research and zoology skills. And Camera I- cuts back to me with a lab coat and microscope. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you need to you need to level up a bit, and you also need to like scan, um, like find and scan the animals you want to rear. Yeah. Um but once you once you've done all that you can start building uh start building your farm which involves oh but it, it's quite it's quite in depth because you need to build like plant and water production facilities presumably to feed the animals. Yeah. Um and then once you've done all that you can set up this building which just spawns crabs. Okay. Or 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 whichever alien fauna you uh, are, are you, they uh, proc gen beasties? Um, or are I there a set it, number in the game? Uh, I, f- I think the beasties are... A bit, the beasties themselves are, like, authored. Uh, okay. I guess you'd say... Uh, and, and they're, like... Pos- well, where, where you find them is proc gen, I think. So, if, so you need to... Could, so you, so you, need to, you, need to fi- you need to find a planet specifically with the, the, the species of giant crab that you'd want and set up your farm there. Okay, so roll with me here. If um yep. if you did that and then you found on another planet, let's say some sort of hellacious dog. Yeah. And then could you then go to the crab planet, build a mirror facility to create hellacious dogs and have them both output into an arena? I I don't think so for two reasons. One, you seem to only be able to I think it only works for species like native to the planet that you're on. Ah, so <laughs> Dude, yeah, Nate wants can... <laughs> to crab colonize. I can behind that that ah. That, <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> dissolving dreams of populating every planet in the galaxy with crabs. Well, because yeah. what my head had done is put these sort of semiotic Lego bricks of drop cathedral and crab factory together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other reason I'm not sure it would work is that the the. The, the the crab factory seems to just spawn like these free range crabs around the farm. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't output them through a specific like. There's not a hose pipe. Or, <laughs> yeah, you don't have. A, yeah, there's, there's no hose pipe or like mummy and daddy crab from which they, <laughs> from which they, they pop out next to them like in Minecraft. Um, so it's just like a almost like a transponder beacon, you know, to which crabs warp in nearby. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, I'm, but, well, hmm. You're, you're sounding less. Con- you've been sounding less convinced as I've been explaining it to you. This is great. Uh, you thought you fucking. You thought you'd done me, James. <laughs> 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 Coming in here, Charlie Big Crabs, giving it, giving it all that. Oh, it's. I, I mean, I just think if he has a go, he'll like it. I do as well. I think well. you will as well. But uh, as is suggested by Nate's name, I feel like Baldur's Gate has, at least initially, stronger Nate energy. It has a crab vibe, even if it doesn't really have crabs in it. (laughs) Yeah, I've been having a really... um, Did you see the other day on the Discord where I had like an entire existential event live? Well, I I didn't. But should we move into what we've been playing so we can officially talk about yeah. you playing all this game? <laughs> <laughs>
So we'll we'll save Nate. James, have you been playing anything other than Starfield? No. No. Excellent. I'll just write down Starfield. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have been as a I'm looking for palate cleansers still. Uh I'm still gonna continue playing Starfield because I'm trying to visit as many planets as possible and break the prog gen. Um, has, has Ollie but, made you aware that there are about 1,600 planets? I Whoa. said as many planets as possible. I mean, I've called it visiting every planet on the article, but I am already fully aware that that is not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just going to... What do you mean? Are you saying... I'm, I'm legally bound now. If you promise in the headline, every planet... Yeah, for the record, I'd like to make the same noise James did. It was very good, and I agree. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, still been playing Starfield, but I'm trying to find some little palate cleansers that are a bit different, a bit shorter. Uh, have you daved your Dover yet? No, I haven't daved my Dover. I have um, stickied my business, <laughs> um, which, <laughs> which is the name of a game. It's called Sticky Business. It came out a little while ago. Uh, a few months ago, you it, you run uh, basically an Etsy store selling custom stickers, and you design new stickers. And I've I've got a cat sitting on a book with a cup of tea. Um, I've got what else have I got? I've got a flower pot, and you can design them really in really fine detail, and and then sell them. And you have to package them and put in nice paper and send them off. You can put in sweets like some nice Etsy sellers do so it's basically about being like a small business owner selling stickers um and it's very sweet I've been enjoying it so far it's it's a it's not asking loads of you oh my god it's literally a game about having a side hustle that's the most 2023 thing ever I know listen don't even I don't want to talk about it um (laughs) (laughs) yeah me neither (laughs) the the reason I'm so manic today is because I finished edits on my second book last night at about two in the morning. Hey, congrats! <laughs> Thanks, but um, uh, it's really fun. It's really detailed and well done within the uh scope that it set itself, and I've enjoyed making little stickers. It's quite zen, like moving and moving a mushroom a millimeter so it's on the side <laughs> of a cat you know so i've enjoyed that and nate you've been playing Baldur's gate 3 i sure have yeah um i've been i've been doing an unnecessary amount of thinking about what role playing actually is um i i, I want to take you through the incident i had okay the the other night because it was yeah, genuinely okay. well, it was a fun bit of game and yeah, it also just got me really thinking. So there's, I don't think any of this will count as spoilers, but if you absolutely don't want to know anything that happens in Baldur's Gate 3, probably don't listen to this. Um, very early on in the game, you encounter a druid grove where there are some tiefling, i.e. devil men, uh, refugees, and there are some goblins attacking the place, and they're about to come back with a really big attack. And the druids don't like the tieflings, and the tieflings are desperate. And uh, you're in the middle of it all. Uh, I was playing as a tiefling. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're quite heavily persecuted in the game. Uh, so, obviously, thinking role-playing-wise, I was quite upset about the whole situation. Tensions were very high. Got into a situation where, like, the second-in-command of the Druid Grove, because the number one has mm-hmm. been captured by goblins, uh, kills a tiefling child out of paranoia. Uh, and he's oh, totally yeah. callous about it. And, okay, so at that moment I thought, the absolute role-playing thing to do here is forget all other considerations and strike down a cold-blooded murderer, right? Mm-hmm. However, there were hundreds of reasons not to do that. Because the cold-blooded murderer was a quest-giver. Um, <laughs> because I didn't know how many other people in the room were going to turn hostile once I started because I hadn't saved for more than 15 minutes, um, because, you know, we hadn't slept and so needed spell slots back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in the end, I genuinely sat there with the dialogue options open on the screen for about 10 minutes. And I thought, well, every single reason I have not to do this is based on a non-diegetic piece of information. Like, Mm. you know, and I realized 
the the constant low level frustration I've been feeling my whole life when playing RPGs is because I am never really investing in any role playing because I'm making my decisions based on on meta gaming. Um, so anyway, I stabbed the druid. Um, (laughs) and then like it was a massacre the whole place just turned to shit everyone was fighting each other we got in a huge brawl like three tieflings survived Uh, then I went off and and rescued the leader of the druid grove and we had a blast fighting our way out of the goblin fortress and he kept turning into a bear and then I had to give him the awkward information there was no one left to save because I'd massacred them all by my own hand Ah, it's been exhilarating. <laughs> um, I think that's true. And even like the most boring D&D games uh, in a real life are always when there are a bunch of players who are always just like, well, yeah, but like, I don't want anything bad to happen. So I'm not, I'm going to try and avoid this fight. You yeah. Know? Like, what you happens I'm going to try in... and avoid anything happening. You ever been LARPing, either of you two? No. no. So I, I, I love it. Um, I'm an NPC in uh, Empire, which is one of the, the two big games in, in the UK. Um, and as an NPC, I spend a lot of time. There's like a, a tent city where all the players live over the weekends. There's a couple of thousand of them. And I love going around just watching people play when I haven't got something active to do. And I always find it fascinating because they have invested a huge amount of time, energy, and money creating an entire parallel universe where they can have the powers of gods and do anything. And the motherfuckers have meetings. (laughs) 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 They sit there talking about how to, like, you know, wizard max their resource collection and, like, you know... Like bend the rules of the game in order to make their faction as rich as possible and they never want to risk anything or have their character die. And so, yeah, it's incredible. Like, it, 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 it's really summative of humanity that they've created, a, yeah, a magical world in which they've just recreated offices and bosses. Yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, have you been enjoying Baldur's Gate? Uh, generally, because your play playthrough, it sounds like it's going to be quite different to uh, mine. So, yeah, I'm one of the things that's really impressed me about it. To go back on topic, is how the game has just how much redundancy Larian has put into it to deal with unexpected courses of action. Uh, because yeah. I think that's the huge game design challenge for something as broad as that, and it's. You know, in a way, it's sort of immersive simmy, you know, because mm. there is a path of least resistance that, you know, probably 60% of players will follow um, for any given situation. You know, there are going to be options taken less. And there are so many places where consequences intersect. And yeah, I'm just staggered by how often there's some sort of, you know, narrative safety net there to accommodate these bizarre combinations of consequences. How have you been getting on with the? Because uh, this this is another reason to join the Discord, right? Uh, because Nate has been uh, at some points, yeah, uh, sort of live blogging his uh, his playthrough <laughs> in the uh, in the Discord. The link is in the show notes. Uh, but I did have to uh, at one point you text me because you you're a spellcaster and uh, you sort of hadn't played D anD D for a while. You sort of a bit forgotten how spell slots worked and i had to do a live voice note uh beans metaphor (laughs) james it was really good can you 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 remember it in the great tradition of i will get um liam to to splice it in so um i'm not entirely sure how sorcery points work because i've not played a sorcerer before but um every round in combat you can take an action, a bonus action, and you can run somewhere or, you know, move, basically. So a bonus action is like a little thing. And for spellcasters, uh, a cantrip would be your, you know, bonus action spell that doesn't count as using an action. So I think some cantrips are like a fire hands or something. Um, spell slots. So every, every main spell you cast will take up an action a turn. A spell slot is the 
number of spells you can cast before you have to rest. So the more, like the higher level your spell caster is, the more spell slots they will have. The sort of, if we think about it as beans, and as every spell is, imagine every spell is a type of beans on the menu. You've got your chili heatwave beans, you've got mixed beans, low sodium beans, um, and whichever beans you can equip and take into battle, you choose outside of battle. So you can open your menu and choose which beans you want to take with you into the next fight, whatever. That doesn't affect your spell slots. Your spell slots would be how many tins of those beans you can eat before you need to lie down. And you can cast them at different levels. So you might, like, if you decide I, I want to cast my chili heatwave beans, you might be able to cast them at level one or eat them, I guess, at level one, level two or level three, which will be like how spicy those beans are. And they will take up different spell slots. I would say it's quite a useful thing to have, especially if you're going into a big fight. And I would imagine that you will have it until you long rest again. But I cannot tell for sure without finding my rules book. But it's wild because that made sense. And like, I've listened through huge chunks of like, you know, real play D&D podcasts without understanding the rules. I played the game without understanding the rules. Um, so, yeah, it was really helpful. Power of beans. Yeah, well, good work, James. You've really unlocked. Well, no. no it's hugely you, helpful, you know. Well, you, you, you can take credit for your own beans metaphor. That was, that was a good one. I, I, yeah, I, like I, you, def I definitely understand uh, spell slots better now. You're you the father of the beans metaphor, though. Exactly, yeah. You pioneered the beans metaphor, James. We, we should give you custom flair on the site comments. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say Father of Beans. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're having fun with Baldur's Gate anyway. I do think for the record that Nate would have fun with Starfield as well, especially the shipbuilding stuff. I think you would probably... As soon as you've got access to shipbuilding, spend hours doing that, build some sort of monstrous creation, and then try and, you know, build it and realise you didn't have any money and then grudgingly play some of the actual game. Well, see, so my plan you, is to finish Baldur's Gate and then my... I, I, I don't know if I did this on air or not, but um, I'm going to consult James on a new PC because I fancy something quite brutal. Um, and I think... Yeah, because this one's about four or five years old now. And I think... Uh, five mm. years, actually. So, yeah. Like, I want to get the best out of Starfield. I think that might be the next egg I consume. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll build an engine with the father of beans to run it. And then, yeah. That's, that's it, plan B. It's a big egg. It's an ostrich egg. <laughs> well, and also, hopefully that'll be in egg. a couple of months when, you know... Yeah. Everything's ironed out, so... Yeah, I will say it's not. I I have seen people making fun of the NPC expressions, and there is just standard Bethesda jank with the NPCs. But I think you'd agree, James, that it's not as bad as the you know the tweets that are selectively posting yeah, yeah, screenshots like, e even, of funny faces. You know, yeah, like even even the funny faces, like the to to actually get the really funny faces, you have to like crouch and then stand right under their noses. So it's a bit. You know, That's a bit cheesy. Like it's not that bad. Kind of. Yeah. It, it, remind, it, it reminded me of the um when uh Mass Effect Andromeda came out, there was this like stupid run you could do where you like you ran you ran kind of like a, a yeah. forward facing <laughs> crab, essentially. Yeah. Um but the but the only way to do that was to like sprint whilst mashing like the A and D keys almost simultaneously, so you'd never actually do it. And it's kind of like okay, there there are like there are technical problems with this game, but you don't have to you have to like, you have to find make, don't have to make ones <laughs> up. To... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like and I'm the Starfield hater, so if you're making me defend <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I tell you what, I've got two 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 little hate nuggets of my own from the Baldur's okay. Gate stew. Uh but this is literally all I can find to criticize. So one I think they could have done I'm surprised they didn't do more with character expressions 
Because um, there's a lot of just reaction shots of my character, who's a blue devil, just staring into the middle distance. And it, it's quite it's quite compelling, but not in a way I expected, because it makes them seem like this sort of eerie trickster who never says anything. But the problem is every character would come across like that. Uh, it would be nice if, yeah. Yeah. you know, they just were a bit more emotive. Uh, with expressions. I know it's hard to do, but it does take me out of a bit. And the other thing is the dice rolls take too long. I think they're handled brilliantly in terms of, you know, the RNG aspect of the game and, and how to sort of integrate mm. such a core feature of the tabletop. But just when you're doing it quite often, waiting six or seven seconds just to see a yeah. number thud onto another one, I don't need to do. Um, and you I can, wish um, it, oh. you can You can just sort of click or like spacebar or something. Uh, to like, I think there's a shortcut a, to the the number. I think there's also a, a faster dice menu mod on Nexus mods. Sorry, Larian. Okay, this one's on me. Because um, <laughs> I feel exactly the same a bit thing. More often as well. Because like, I'm trying oh, not I... to save scum at all. But like, there was this time when I'm a stupid red goblin man who was trying to get me to investigate a dead squid, and. Like, it wasn't clear what I was meant to do, and I clicked what I thought was an innocuous action, and then started a massive rumble with 500 goblins. Uh, and I did have to to reload from that, because it was unintentional. And it, it, it was like half an hour I'd lost. Maddening. It's like in the 90s. Well, I mean, I took the opposite approach, and I saved basically before every conversation. <laughs> like, well, I try I... to do that, but the problem is the more I enjoy it the more I'm immersed and the yeah. less I remember to press a stupid little plastic square. Uh, I wonder if there's a, a uh, Yeah, there's probably to, an option. Yeah. I haven't even looked in the options. It's probably an option or a mod or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Have you, who's your, are you going to romance anyone? Oh God, Astorian. Yeah. 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 Cause they, uh, I know he's meant to be out... really sexy, but it's really sexy. <laughs> It turned out that because there is basically at the end of the first act, you have a party. And when I played it and when most, you know, early adopters played it on that night, fucking everyone was like, I am massively horny for you. Do you want to have sex? Like, <laughs> uh, or, or like basically initiate their romance. It wasn't all like I'm horny for you. Some of them would be like, what do you think of the infinite beauties of the cosmos or whatever? Um uh, and it turned out that that was, in fact, a bug, <laughs> and that some of them were supposed to be like <laughs> much slower burn than that, and they <laughs> were all supposed to hit on you on the same night. I know some people found that a little bit off-putting, uh, but it wasn't meant to happen that way. <laughs> so- yeah, I seem to be accidentally playing it as a, a sort of a like harem building game because um, I've ended up with Gale, Will. Astarian and um, what's the name? Uh, Lazel. No, or no. Is it uh, uh, Shadowheart? No, no, no. She she had to go straight away. Um, Carlath. <laughs> oh, why can't I remember that? Carlath. Oh yeah, because it's me. I'm the other person. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so Will Gale and Astarian. They're the uh, the I. <laughs> They are also like it's a shame that you stabbed and destroyed all the druids because the bear man can join your party as well. Oh no, he's um, still alive. Oh, it's we're okay, about well, to get can... out of the goblin fortress and have the awkward chat. Oh, okay, okay. Do you think well, he might he... join me? Because he's he's a merry if, sort. If he joins your party, then uh, which he can do, then uh, he he. Depending on obviously how things go, he can express interest as well, and he's um, a big. You know, polyamorous. You know, bear. Oh, I bet he is, yeah. So like, but like, Gail is uh, monogamous and is like, no, sorry, and you know, stuff like that. So they have different vibes about things as well, which is quite nice. Um, I'm never massively into romancing in games, but it is. Um, it is. It's handled well in this. It's good fun. It was quite. I think it's, it's quite eerie quite... when I got woken up in the middle of the night and my blood drunk. <laughs> it's quite self-aware. I think. Uh, it's, it's all not just like, very intelligently done. It's it, there's not a cringe in sight. That's the thing because I think like a, a lot of nerds when they play like video game romances and sex and stuff are a bit like oh, uh, about it. But it's 
uh, I think it's a bit self-aware. Yeah, so it's, right. it's never gratuitous. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel uncomfortably like it's slipping into territory that I didn't, you know, buy it to play. Yeah. It, yes, it's good indeed, stuff. exactly, yeah. Um, uh, I can't segue. Uh, James, hardware. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I should have mentioned this last week because it was announced on the 1st, but uh, Lenovo are trying their collective hand at a Steam Deck-esque portable PC. It is called the Lenovo Legion Go, and rather than being super Steam Decky, it's more of a cross between the Asus ROG Ally and the Nintendo Switch because it has the, yeah. it has the same processor and the same Windows OS as the Ally, but also the slide-on, slide-off, joycon style controllers now i'm very i'm very interested in this because not not because i've ever thought my steam deck's great i just wish the handles wobbled a bit when i played it but (laughs) because in the base of one of these controllers is essentially a mouse sensor like an optical sensor so you can hold you can hold it down on the table and use it as a little upright mouse to play games oh wow i think that's super cute especially if you're like me and you have mouse controls so thoroughly ingrained in your muscle memory that thumbsticks and trackpads are just baffling unknown technology that feels like a really clever move yeah um i'm a bit that is con- really cool. i'm a bit concerned about the portability of the legion go though because it is a lot bigger than the steam deck or the ally like the screen is nearly two inches bigger diagonally um and it's quite a bit thicker uh, so what's the screen size oh, uh eight point uh, 8.8 inches. So that's just boy, smaller yeah. than a, a standard iPad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's quite um, big. And the mouse thing is, you know, it's cool, but it's obviously only useful when you have a stable, flat surface available, which you don't when you're out on the bus or in the bath, say. Um, when you say an upright <laughs> mouse, is it like a joystick grip and the bottom is the optical sensor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, I, don't, I, don't feel, I don't know if you've ever... Like, you can get these ergonomic mouse, which basically I have your hand at a right angle to how they normally be on a mouse. Um, and it's held kind of like that. But yeah, like, 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 kind of like a joystick grip. Or like um, a bureaucrat isn't... stamp. Yes. <laughs> or yes. like cupping a tin of beans. <laughs> or a revolver. I really liked the trailer for it that you sent james because i loved like the lad who took it to like the coolest coffee bar oh, so slash arcade in the world it's so lifestyly <laughs> and ev- everyone and in it- there is just like wow that guy's got a lenovo legion go with the detachable controls and then, and then someone takes it to it was my favorite bit. Someone takes it to a library, and the trailer just says like "Whisper Quiet Fans" or something, and it just made me think of the Juice Loosener from The Simpsons when Nick <laughs> Riviera goes, <laughs> "It's Whisper Quiet." <laughs> I'd never seen that clip. I laughed out loud at that. You'd never seen the Juice Loosener? <laughs> no, no, it's very funny. The Simpsons is very funny. I, I'm glad this. someone said it finally. <laughs> <laughs> but you sort of forget, don't you? You do, yeah. Like even that clip, I'd forgotten. Like Troy McClure is like, you may remember me from what is it? Uh, the president's is neck is missing, and the president's neck is missing. <laughs> like that incidental <laughs> shit is just great, eh? Just so good, yeah. Oh, like <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about the Simpsons. We'll be here all day. Um, <laughs> Uh, do you think that we will see more of these Steam Deck likes from other companies, or yeah, I think, think yeah, I think so. Um, which which I'm perfectly happy with because I, I think it's super, I think it's good that hardware makers are putting like different spins on the handheld PC rather than just making Steam Deck clones. Yeah, essentially, like uh, e- even even the Ally like wasn't really a Steam Deck clone. It was more about you know. Uh, huh. Hardcore performance, uh, fast, <laughs> fast displays. Oh, yeah. Although to be fair, the Legion Go is like has an even higher spec screen than the than the Ally, which which could also be an issue for battery life. But then it, it apparently also has a bigger battery, so it's kind of like 
this like cyclical this is a cyclical thing right i i i can't tell how it's gonna run without actually playing it because it could be you know way faster or it could just be like burn out in 30 minutes and be a bit use a bit useless as a portable device uh see we'll have to, we'll have to see it makes me feel very aged because i think i've seen this economic event happen three times now and the first was with the success of the Game Boy, you know, and you had everything from the Game Gear to the Atari Jaguar following mm-hmm. that. And then it happened again in the mid-2000s. Um, you know, I, th- I think that was prompted by the Wii, but you ended up with things like, you know, the Nokia N-Gage. Um, and in both instances, there was a sort of uh, an excitement around handheld gaming and a sort of proliferation of companies all trying to do the same thing slightly differently at the same time, and then no real survivors. And I'll be really (laughs) interested to see how it shakes out this time, because just like you're saying, they're not Steam Deck clones, but they're they're all definitely prompted... By a desire to reach the same demographic. Yeah, I think think another distinction is that these are not playing like Steam Deck games or ROG Ally games. They are just playing like PC games, like the PC games we already know and have played on our our desktops. Um, When you you buy one, if you've you've already been playing PC games and you already have a library of games, you don't need to, you know, build that up or buy essentially like crap handheld versions of, mm. of your favorite games like they are you know they they won't run as fast or look as pretty but they are ultimately still the same games as as on pc yeah i wonder what's going to have the longevity because it's yeah it feels like it's not a flash in the pan yeah no i That's mean for it- me it is massively governed by the the size and the weight of the thing though especially it's a portable thing right and when yeah. i'm going somewhere I'm already taking, you know, my laptop because I'm probably going somewhere for work. And, I, you know, how big is this thing going to be? How much of my Ryanair weight allowance am I going to be taking up <laughs> with my tiny computer? Well, I suppose Ryanair is a constant devil in your life, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God, he, yeah. He's, he, he's the monkey on my back, mate. Yeah. He's... As James Workshop is to me, Ryanair is to you. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Air. He does have an actual name. I can't remember who the, the guy is, but yeah, that is my life. Um, and, and they, <laughs> I'm sorry, but they, like, you know, another Ryanair flight landed on time. Fuck off, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've got you over a barrel and they know it. Um, shall we then gently bring this plane into land yes. <laughs> as we transition because i i there's no uh uh tower of jocularity this week uh nate is saving himself i think he's working on something um, i mean he's always you've always got something brewing haven't you nate but there's uh, always sausages in the fire <laughs> in the fire <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this uh, season two, episode 30 of the Electronic Wireless Show. And all that remains now is recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. James, what do you have to recommend this week? Uh, I do have a, a game-adjacent uh, recommendation. And in fact, a Starfield-adjacent recommendation because um, I'm recommending the YouTube channel Denios. Uh, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's D-E-N-N-I-O-S. And they've recently started posting a series of Starfield physics experiments, mainly Ooh. pertaining to putting thousands of thousands of duplicated items together and seeing what happens. <laughs> Examples include spilling 10,000 milk cartons down the side of a massive pyramid and dropping 3,000 oh, wooden ducks into a small pond before deactivating the gravity. <laughs> <laughs> That's bird hole, that is. It, it it it's all it's all kind of dumb and and you know totally for giggles, but there is something strangely beautiful about thousands of milk cartons floating serenely in midair and seeing how they bounce off each other or gently part as the player walks through the milk carton mist. It's quite satisfying. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. That's the beauty Thank of the you. cosmos. <laughs> You've given us the beauty of the the yeah the entire world. <laughs> 
What did I say I was going to recommend earlier? I, I, you were going to recommend another zoo, I think, but you recommend zoos so often. No, I wasn't <laughs> going to recommend a zoo. It was, um, no, I can't remember. Bollocks. Oh, that's all right. Um, I, I, you've got time because I'm going to recommend my recommendation this week, which is possibly something I've recommended before, but it's re-entered my life and it is a joy, uh, which is Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. It is a early, mid-2000s Australian cosy crime-ish TV series starring, I want to say, Essie Davies, uh, but I think that's wrong. I'm going to look her up. Hang on. Uh, it's her off the Babadook. Uh, yeah, Essie Davies. I was right. Um, stars you. Essie Davies as a interwar kind of flapper, you know, unmarried, independently wealthy lady detective who has a car and wears trousers, you know, that kind of thing. And <laughs> she has fabulous costuming and she goes around solving crime with her, like, Scooby gang of like two communist cab drivers and uh, an ex-army butler secret service guy and just a, a car that goes 30 miles an hour you know <laughs> it's brilliant it's really fun it was on Netflix for years and then it was gone but you can get it on streaming again now um, I'm watching it on the Alibi channel recording it um, it's great I really love fun. it yeah, it's, it, it's adapted from some books, which I've not read, but Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. That's my recommendation. Nate, have you thought of something? <laughs> I know it's just a, a raging blue flame where once there was a concept. Um, was it, a, a, what, did, was it a, a cathedral or something you recommended visiting? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, two cathedrals, actually. No, three. My three oh. top cathedrals. <laughs> uh, Number one, not, drop cathedral. Yeah, number one, drop Cathedral from Warhammer 40k. Just take a vast amount of psilocybin and you can experience that. Um, other than that, I would say Salisbury Cathedral. Uh, Salisbury is a good cathedral. It's got a great font. <laughs> yeah, and Salisbury Cathedral is my favourite painting as well. Um, look out for the tiny red dot in the middle, which, uh, un you know, focuses your eye without you realising it. Really interesting trick. Um, Ely Cathedral. One of the wool cathedrals, as I mentioned earlier, and Litchfield Cathedral, uh, which is quite close to us here in the West Midlands, um, and actually is almost Im as impressive, I would say, as Notre Dame in Paris. Wow. Wow. There's no liches in Litchfield, so don't come in search of their treasure. No. Okay. All right. Oh, Nate, I forgot. I don't know if I talked to you about this, but did you see that there's a horror film that I don't know if it's getting distribution in the UK still, but it's called The Last Voyage of, D of the Demeter and it adapts that one chapter of Dracula where he's yes. on the boat. And, and it looks losing brilliant. It looks so good. Boat Dracula. It's amazing. And it's like proper nasty Nosferatu vampire as well. Yeah, I really want to fucking watch it. And I I don't know why I'm mentioning this, because it's something I cannot recommend, but think looks really good. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah. So if you can, if you are in a territory where you can watch it, watch that and then let us know if it's good by emailing podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. <laughs> you can also find more Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and TikTok. It's not Twitter anymore, is it? Facebook, YouTube X and TikTok by searching Rock Paper Shotgun. Um, X gonna as, give it to you, by which I mean depression. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and you can, as I've mentioned, join the Discord where you can see Nate grappling with role playing in real time, or also just find uh, friends to play PC games with, talk about other PC games. Talking about the podcast is not mandated on the discord but it does and make us feel great you know just saying does make us feel great and you can for all your pc ga gaming needs go to www.rockpapershotgun.com for now it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from james archer goodbye and it's goodbye from goblin justice you must gather your party before venturing forth <laughs> bye bye
Thank you.